Labor Day weekend, and thanks for checking out another episode of Parkview on the Go. I'm Nathan, one of the pastors at Parkview, and I just want to start by saying, hey, Parkview is a church where anybody, whether they've got this Jesus thing all figured out or not, can take steps toward God. So wherever you are on your faith journey, you belong here, and we are glad you're joining us. Before we hear an awesome message from Pastor Todd, one of our teaching pastors, I have a couple of things to put on your radar. And it's for any of you who typically attend a physical campus. While we will continue doing church together online and doing the podcast thing just like this, we will also be hosting in-person gatherings at all of our Parkview locations every other week, starting on Sunday, September 13th. For service times and other important details, go to parkviewchurch.com slash in-person to stay up to date with the latest information. A good thing to know is that you'll have four different options for experiencing our in-person gatherings. The first option is to join a gathering inside the auditorium, where, of course, you'll need to wear a mask and practice proper social distancing. The second option is to enjoy service in our designated family seating area, and that's for any of you who want to sit around a table with your kids. You can RSVP for the family seating option starting on Wednesday, September 9th at parkviewchurch.com slash in-person. The third option is to experience our in-person gathering outside on the patio, where we'll have TVs set up for you to watch service. And the fourth option, if you're still with me and listening, is to do church in the comfort and safety of your own car. Beginning on September 13th, you'll be able to tune in to our own FM radio station in the parking lot of our physical campuses. Now, why are we doing all of this? Well, here's the deal. We respect the fact that every person has a different level of comfort when it comes to being around other people right now. And I'll be honest, that was true of me before the pandemic, but for different reasons. Uh, We hope that if you are someone who attends a physical location, you'll feel comfortable checking out an in-person gathering. Otherwise, as always, we'll get to do church online together. That's all I've got for now. I'll be back at the end to close this out. Enjoy Todd's message. Hey, Parkview crew, Uh, it is great to be here with you on campus, actually, in Chicagoland uh, this Labor Day weekend. And I just need to say, man, I, I so miss being with you all. In fact, I'm staying at Pastor Tim's house right now. That's what I always do. You know, he's out of town. So I'm thinking this Labor Day weekend, why don't we just have a party over at Pastor Tim's, right? Uh, you just all want to come on over. I'll order a bunch of beggars pizza and it will be amazing. How about that? No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, right? Don't go over to Pastor Tim's because then I will never get to come back here and be with you. Uh, I know most of us, uh, probably almost all of us are eager And we're anxious to gather up again on our campuses. And as you heard Nathan say, we're going to do that next weekend. We're going to begin to regather and we're going to do that very carefully and we're going to do that very safely. And I'm super excited about that. I hope you are as well. I also want to say that I'm so thankful for Pastor Tim and our elders and the executive team at Parkview and the way they're leading our church in this season. I mean, the last five months, friends, they have not been easy. And they have required more energy and more skill and more meetings and more prayer and just more work than most of us could even ever imagine. And when it comes to work on this Labor Day weekend, this is usually a time when we stop working, right? We take a rest from work and we just kind of honor work. And I am very aware that during this COVID season, there are two pretty distinct sides when it comes to work. 
There are those of you who have, you've had more work in the past five months than you've had for a lot of your life. You're our essential workers. And you've been working longer hours than you ever imagined. And I just want to say from Parkview, thank you, thank you, thank you. From all of us at Parkview, thank you so much to our essential workers for all your energy and for all your efforts. I also know the other side of it is there's some of you who haven't had much work at all. And you want to work, but, but you can't. And all of this uncertainty and this lack of work is, is so hard. And I know that some of you are dealing with just some very serious anxiety and even battling some depression because not working physically is actually affecting you mentally and emotionally, right? I mean, it's just really, really hard to adjust to not working. So here's what I want to ask of you today. No matter where you are, whether you feel like you are working constantly or you are hardly working at all, I want to invite you to just bring your full self, your honest self to our time together today. Maybe some of you have a lot of faith right now in your life. Bring that faith. Maybe some of you have a lot of doubts. Bring those doubts with you. Just bring your true self to this study as we're going to take a look at this whole idea of work and what really is work and why do we do it. That's what we're going to think about this Labor Day weekend. The first thing I really want us to know is that work is God's idea, right? Work isn't something like that we invented. Work is God's idea. In the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says this, The Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. In the very beginning, in the perfect environment, we see that God actually wove into our DNA a desire to work. And many of us have kind of thought or been taught in our lives that labor and work is actually kind of bad and, and work is the result of sin. That's why we work, you know, because Adam and Eve sinned and the whole garden deal started to go south. And so God cursed the ground and he said, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to work, you know, for the rest of your lives. And, and it's kind of like work is this punishment from God. That's how we feel sometimes. But guess what? That's not true. That's not true. Work is not the result of sin. Work is a good thing that God gave us. And work actually preceded sin and the fall of man. Did you know that? God created work in Genesis chapter 2, but Adam and Eve didn't sin until Genesis chapter 3. So work was a good thing that God gave us long before sin even entered into the picture of our world. Now let's think for a minute about our very first work assignment. The very first thing we did as human beings for work. It's recorded in Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Check this out. Now the Lord God had formed all out of the ground, the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. And he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Pretty cool, huh? I mean, our very first work assignment as humans was to name the animals. 
I think that's pretty cool. I mean, and I don't know if you've ever thought about that or if you've ever kind of tried to name animals, you know, with your family or with your kids. And I've thought about naming animals because I think a lot of the names of animals, I have no idea why they're named that, right? And I'm thinking if I could name the animals, they would be a lot more clear. They would actually be descriptive on what those animals are. In fact, I thought it might be fun, you know, just to take a look at some of the animals that we know, and I could just give you the names that I think maybe that I would give them. The first one here is a seagull, right? So we have the seagull, and we all know what a seagull is, but I don't know why we call it a seagull. And so I think what I would rather call it is a beach chicken. It's a beach chicken. I mean, it looks more like a beach chicken to me. Or what about, what about this one? What about the manatee? I mean, what in the, I mean, what, what even is a manatee? Who named it a manatee? I think what I would rather call it is this, a floaty potato. A floaty potato. I think that just works better, right? Or what about the octopus? I mean, I kind of get that from the octa part, but I think a better name for an octopus would maybe be something like, you know, flippy floppy sea spider. How about that? Flippy floppy sea spider. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like more. Or, or what about this, the hippopotamus? Seriously? I mean, where in the world did we come up? Who named something a hippopotamus? I think a better name for it would probably be danger water cow, right? I mean, it's in the water. It looks like a cow, has these big teeth, danger water cow. I would just be very clear on what it is. Or what about the skunk? What about a skunk? I mean, why, why a skunk? I would probably call it this. I would probably call it a, maybe a fart squirrel. Maybe a fart squirrel for some of you kids. Uh, the fart squirrel, hey, is that a skunk? No, it's a fart squirrel. That, that may be a more clear name on what it is. And, and maybe, you know, just finally a snake. What about a snake? I mean, a lot of us don't like snakes and we want to stay away from snakes. But when you say the name snake, it doesn't really make you want to stay away. So maybe, maybe this, maybe it looks like a rope. So I would call it a nope rope. How about, how about that? A nope rope. Hey, hey, it looks like I'm going to pick up that rope. Nope, don't, don't, because it's not a rope. It's a nope rope, right? So anyway, I just think if I was naming the animals, I would probably do a better job and probably so would you, but that wasn't really ever our job. But anyway, back to our study. Since that very first work assignment in the garden of naming all of these animals, from there on out now for us, whether it's work in our career or work in our home, work with our marriage, our kids in the kitchen, in the yard, with a boat, with an RV, with a motorcycle, with a car, with a computer, whatever it is, there is something woven into us that drives us to labor and to work on things. And work is a good thing. It's a God thing from the very beginning. Work is not the result of sin, but work is made harder because of sin. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis chapter three, God imposed on the human race a condition of hardship. We see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. It says, And to the man he said, Since you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Let me ask you something. Do you, ever, do you ever feel like you're just kind of struggling to scratch out a living? I mean, do you, do you ever think in your head, why does work have to be such work, right? It all goes back to the garden. Adam and Eve chose to be self-reliant and they rejected God's guidance and his provision. And so God subjected them and, and gave them the very thing they chose. And that is 
self-reliance. And so from now on, God says, okay, if you want to eat, it will be because you worked for it. You see, the curse that we live under today is not that we must work. Work itself is not bad. The curse is that in our work, as we work, we will now struggle with weariness and frustration and with hardship. The desire to work that is hardwired into us will not always be easy. In fact, instead of just working for like pleasure, we must now work hard just to provide. So here we are, thousands of years later, still feeling the weight of that decision in the garden for self-reliance. And now we work to provide for our needs. But not only do we work to provide for our needs, but another reason we work is to provide for the needs of others. Listen, Parfu, I, I understand that this topic is very, very tender because there are so many who are out of work right now. And this is not your decision, but it's the result of all of these closures during this COVID season. There are many of you who would love to work. I mean, you dream at night about going back to work. You never thought you would have dreams about going to work. And now you're having dreams about going back to work. You would love to provide for your needs, but the work, it just isn't there. And it's very difficult, right? It's very challenging mentally, emotionally, to be out of work and to not be able to provide in the way that you used to. You see, here's the thing. Work, even when you want it, is not always guaranteed. And I want you to know, please hear me on this. I want you to know that God cares deeply for those who want to work, but cannot work for one reason or another. And in his mercy, God speaks to the season of our lives and, and he makes a provision so the efforts of those who can work would supply the needs of those who can't work. The bottom line is this, those who have work and can work should help those who are experiencing hard times. Let me say that again. Those who can work, who have work, I have work, some of you have work, we should be helping those who are hurting and who are experiencing hard times. The Bible speaks to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. It says, yes, God will give you much so that you can give away much. And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will break out into thanksgiving and praise God for your help. Listen, listen, friends. When God gives you more than you need, it's probably the needs of others that he has in mind. When God gives me more than I need, it's probably the needs of other people that he has in mind. And 2 Corinthians says that when we do that, when we're generous and take care of people who are hurting and who need help, it says that they break out into praise and thanksgiving to God. You see, listen, listen, Parkview, this is huge. Don't, don't, don't miss this. Work, this thing we call work, is a primary way 
that we bring glory to God. It's a primary way to glorify God. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. To God, it's not the work you do, but it's how you do the work you do, right? There's no distinction between sacred and secular work in God's economy. First Corinthians says, listen, listen, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You know, the Hebrew people who were living in that first century, they had a really, really deep understanding of how our work and our worship come together. In fact, these Hebrew people, they oftentimes use the very same word for work and for worship. It's the Hebrew word avodah, avodah. It's kind of fun to say, right? Avodah. It means work or worship or service. Isn't that fascinating? It's amazing to me that the word for work and the word for worship can basically just kind of be used interchangeably. In some verses, the word avodah means working and performing labor out in the field. In other verses, avodah means worshiping God. So to put this in our perspective, like where we really live, let's just imagine this. Let's say you're leaving, you know, on like Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday morning, you're leaving your family and you say, hey guys, I'll see you later this evening. I'm headed to worship. And your spouse says to you, wait a minute, you're, you're headed to worship? Don't you mean you're headed to work? And you say, oh yeah, did, did I say work? I, I, I meant to say I, I'm headed, I, I meant to say I'm headed to work. I said I'm headed to worship because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna worship at work. My work is my worship. And see what I'm saying? It, it, it can get kind of confusing, but our worship and our work are supposed to overlap. And this word in the Hebrew language, it shows us that God's original design is that our work and our worship would complement each other, not compete with each other. We shouldn't be saying things like, oh man, I can't go to worship because I got to go to work. Can't go to worship because I got to go to work. No, 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 no. Listen, you can worship at work. Work is worship. And I know we all want to get back together and worship and things together, and that's a good thing, and we should do that. But we don't have to worship just here or at church. We can worship, you know, at our school. We can worship at our work. We can worship in our homes. Our work, wherever it is, can be worship. You see, avodah is a picture of an integrated life where work and worship come from the same place and purpose. And that is to bring glory to God. One of the very best places for people to see our faith in action is at work. It's at our work, wherever that may be. Listen to what Jesus says in the Bible in Matthew chapter five. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Catch that? Your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When people see your good deeds, when people see your good 
work. They will praise and glorify your Father in heaven. People will be led to worship God because of the way you do your work. So Parkview, this Labor Day weekend, may we remember that work is God's idea. And it's a good idea. Work is also a way to provide for our needs, but also for the needs of others. And don't ever forget that work is one of the primary ways for you and for me to bring glory to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this Labor Day weekend and the time we have to pause and to gather up and bring our faith and bring our doubts and bring our highs and bring our lows and study your word together. God, I thank you for this thing called work that you have given to us. It's a good thing. God, thank you for the purpose that we can find in it and providing for our needs, but also providing for the needs of others. And God, I pray, I pray that even this Labor Day weekend, whatever it is we're doing, whatever work we put our hands to, we would see that as a way to glorify you. God, we love you and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Love you, Parkview. I was reminded as I listened to Todd's message of how grateful I am for a church community that prays for, celebrates with, and encourages one another in the midst of any season of life. With that in mind, if you normally attend Parkview Online, I want to invite you to join our Parkview Online Facebook group. And if you're like, look, I only use Facebook to troll my old high school friends, I, I get it, but give this group a shot. There are some great people in there. Plus, we'll be posting opportunities specific to our online community that you don't want to miss. And last, really quickly, if you're a high school or junior high student or you know one, we are hosting Unscripted Live this Wednesday night, September 9th at 7 p.m. in the Orland Park Campus parking lot. Why? Because we do things in parking lots now. That's the world we live in. Unscripted is the name of our student gathering. And trust me, you don't want your teenager to miss out. You can find out more info at parkviewchurch.com slash unscripted live. Thanks again for spending time with us. On our next episode, we will kick off our brand new teaching series, The Separation of Church and Hate. If that doesn't entice you to see what it's all about, then I don't know what does. Have a great day.